Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 280. Starting off with security news, the U.S. has declared an emergency due to the ransomware attack against the Colonial Oil Pipeline. So this is a oil company out of Georgia, and the pipeline carries around 100 million gallons of oil a day, which is around 45% of the oil requirement for the East Coast. And it went offline on May 7th, and it still is not back up. And so President Biden is providing all sorts of different mechanisms to move oil around using trucks, which is usually more restricted. And evidently, the Russian dark side ransomware gang is behind the attack. And you have to wonder if they actually knew the size of this bear before they punched it. I mean, this is the type of thing that makes it so you're never confident going to sleep. You're pretty much always looking over your shoulder for drones. Yeah, not a uh, good thing. And I, I don't think a lot of the people in a ransomware group like this, obviously, I, I don't know that much about this particular one, but they probably didn't wake up the previous day and think, I would like the U.S. military to be my permanent adversary. And that seems to be exactly what they got themselves into. NSA is warning organizations against connecting OT technologies to the internet, saying doing so unsafely will result in indefensible levels of risk. I've said this before, but I really love the fact that NSA, CIA, FBI are actually out here talking about cyber and talking to companies and talking to consumers and putting out these advisories. Really like it. I do. Recorded Future says we're about to see a major increase in the number of deepfake attacks. People have been saying this for quite a while, including myself. But Recorded Future is evidently starting to see more people talking about these attacks on the dark web and selling them, actually getting traffic back and forth. So they think that this is the indication that we're close to critical mass with these things going mainstream. Insure AXA has stopped ransomware payouts in France in order to remove the incentive for attackers. They're basically saying, we will not pay ransoms. It, it's not going to happen. Don't even try it. Because ransomware gangs know that if someone is covered by insurance and you compromise them, they will have the money to pay. So this is uh, similar to a conversation that was had on Twitter a couple weeks back where someone said, you should just make it illegal to pay ransoms. And this is kind of in the same vein. Kind of in the same vein as kidnapping as well, like make it illegal to pay the ransom, or at least make the government policy be that we don't negotiate with terrorists. Therefore, it looks like a less lucrative possibility for something to do on a weekend for someone who's desperate for money. If you know that they won't pay because there's a policy that says they won't, then it's less attractive. And I think that's where a lot of these cyber insurance companies are going, and a lot of governments are thinking about it as well. And that's what the Twitter conversation was about. One counter argument that I had 
or the thing I was sort of concerned about was if ransomware groups can't get the money from them, where else will they go, right? Where will they go with their compromised network? I'm a little worried that they're going to go to find bigger actors, like state actors, or more professional, more dangerous actors in their same space, and say, hey, I don't know that I can get a ransom from this group, but how about you pay me, and I give you the access, and you can do whatever you want with it. And it's almost like paying a ransom might be better than that, potentially. Obviously, case by case, it depends, but I'm a little worried about that if it were to become a trend. Google is about to start automatically enrolling people's accounts into 2FA. I say bravo to this. Sometimes I think you have to help the customer drink, even if you did walk them all the way down to the pond. Still have to help them do the last step. And this is kind of a big brothery thing, but I think it's called for. A number of U.S. banks are deploying AI-powered cameras that can monitor both customers and employees for key behaviors and activities. A lot of people are freaking out about this like from a privacy perspective. And I think there are situations where, obviously, that's warranted. And it all depends on who's deploying this what level of ethical oversight they have over those deployments, how they're hand handling like training of the employees who are looking at the footage and the events and stuff. But a lot of these monitoring systems are actually quite benign and quite efficiency gaining. I think it's a, it is very cool tech and I think it can be used for good. And more importantly, it will be used for good, right? These things are just too effective and, and powerful for companies to not use. So eventually the pushback from whoever will be worn down. So examples of this include like detecting open doors, right? Employee forgets to close a door. Uh, they leave the bank till open. I think that's a fireable offense for most bank tellers, but let's say they left a till open. It's got a bunch of cash sitting out or whatever. Or there are places where like ATMs are enclosed from like the weather and the elements and people are camping in there. And so the AI, AI would automatically play like a, um, a thing saying, please leave, we're going to call the authorities or whatever. And that one's pretty heartless and callous. But you think of like sort of bad anti-patterns and human behavior among bank employees, like maybe being rude or rolling your eyes or degrading an employee or treating a customer like crap or whatever. This is the power of AI, is that you can sort of tag those types of things. Um, we can't really now, but this is kind of becoming the case as we move forward. And right now, we can already do something like open door, open bank till, and stuff like that. But the direction this is heading is basically watch everything and look for these particular things. Like, and you do have to watch out, right? You start talking about, oh, shifty eyes, or they look suspicious, or maybe they're stealing from the till or something like that, right? It, you're going to have false negatives. You're going to have false positives. And the question is, what is the integrity and what is the trust level that people have in the authorities using this particular software? In this case, it's companies, but this, this is going to be used like everywhere. It's going to be used to monitor public spaces. Governments are going to use this. The problem is when you start saying, okay, does a person look suspicious? Okay, what does the AI think that means? 
And as we've seen from like chatbots put out by Microsoft, you know, it doesn't take a few minutes before things become like super racist and sexist and all sorts of things can go badly when an AI starts learning by itself what it should look out for. So you have to be really careful with this stuff, but there is some baby in that bathwater. And I think uh, it's pretty inevitable that people are going to keep chasing that. The Strategic Support Force, SSF, branch of the People's Liberation Army, PLA, in China has purchased a bunch of antivirus software from American, European, and Russian companies. It is believed, and I think pretty logical, that they're using it either to test their own malware against it and see, you know, if it gets caught or not, or to look for vulnerabilities in the software. Uh, so obviously they can attack it. I think both of those are logical and probably both are happening. And their point was, why buy it in languages other than Chinese? Why buy the English version, for example, when you can get the same functionality from Chinese version? unless you're actually trying to attack it. Mental health startups are increasing in number, but got a story here that raises the question, what happens if they get breached? Especially if it's a startup, it's a small little company, and it's not like just paper records, but it's all stored in some database somewhere, probably in AWS or like um, Google Cloud or Microsoft Cloud or whatever. Uh, Salesforce, who knows where this data is being stored. And this actually happened to one of these companies, and they lost the conversations that were being had between customers and their therapists. So, yeah, it's one thing to lose some money or to lose some whatever email addresses and credit card numbers, but you spill your guts with <laughs> a therapist for hours and, uh, you know, as part of some really cool app-based or new age, whatever, um, digital therapist. But turns out that was being transcribed, maybe. Or maybe it was just notes that were transcribed with OCR. Or maybe the whole thing was recorded, whatever. But it got stored somewhere. They got breached. Now that stuff's available. And what's crazy about this is these new, these ransomware gangs are getting so good that they're they're not necessarily going to try to get money for that, but they can try extortion. They could try, oh, you know, you said this, which you're probably embarrassed about, so I'm going to blackmail you or extort you. So pretty crazy attack possibilities coming out of something like this, plus just embarrassment and unpleasantness around it. So something to think about. And two men were arrested in Mumbai with seven kilograms of uranium, and evidently they'd already taken it to a lab and, and tested it. So that's pretty scary. Vulnerabilities. There are 21 new vulns in the XMMTA, 10 of which are remotely exploitable. Pulse Secure has fixed an O-Day in their SSL VPN appliance. VMware has patched a critical vulnerability in its vRealize business for cloud product. Cisco has released updates to multiple products, including SD-WAN. Microtix router OS has a number of remote authenticated vulnerabilities. Peloton has had a pretty bad couple of weeks. I think they're recalling some treadmills due to injuries and one death. And they also had a flaw in its API 
in their API that allowed an attacker to pull customer data such as age, weight, location, and workout stats. And the city of Tulsa was hit by a ransomware incident over the weekend. And Synopsys has launched a CI/CD security solution in the AppSec space called Intelligent Orchestration that tests using SAST, SCA, IAST, and APIs. Juniper One closed a $30 million Series B to continue working on its IT asset inventory solution. And MDR firm Huntress has raised $40 million in a Series B. Technology news. Verizon has sold Yahoo and AOL to a private equity firm for $5 billion, which is just a fraction of what they paid for both of those just a few years ago. And Zoom has launched a new feature called Immersive View that allows everyone to look like they're part of a single virtual room that you're kind of staring at instead of like individual Brady Bunch blocks. It's like you see a giant table and everyone's sitting at a table like they're looking at you. Seems like it could be kind of intimidating. Almost like you're being interviewed or like you're trying to get parole or something. But yeah, maybe they have multiple. I just saw that one. Looked like everyone was at a table staring at you. Cool idea, though. Google has also provided guidance on remote work, asking employees to work in the office approximately three days. This came from the CEO uh, email that went out, which uh, the BBC got a hold of. He basically said, hey, if you could work three days in the office, that would be great. But you don't need to. You can work remotely if you want. I think that was the gist of the email. Aura has raised $100 million to continue in personalized health. Love the Aura ring. I've got one on. They're not a sponsor. I wish they were. Square's revenue rose 266% in Q1 and brought in $5 billion in revenue versus an expected $3.4 billion. And this was greatly helped, I think. I'm not sure if it's separate or as part of this number, but they uh, invested like tons of money in Bitcoin. And I think they had like a three, $3 billion or something return on their Bitcoin investment. So that was big news for Bitcoin as well. And Cloudflare crossed 4 million customers in Q1 and their revenue beat expectations as well. Human news, the U.S. added just 266,000 jobs in April, which was far less than expected. And a number of experts are guessing that many people are just staying out of the labor market because they're receiving significant government assistance. And Montana believes this, definitely, because they are stopping some of their unemployment benefits in an attempt to get more people to apply to open positions. So what's happening all over the country is tons of businesses have help wanted signs and nobody's showing up. Nobody's applying. And a bunch of people are saying, well, it's you know, it's because of stimulus and unemployment benefits being extended. And you've got, you know, rents, uh, people are not being evicted. So it's like, why don't I just stay home? And that's not to say everyone's lazy, but yeah, there's a lot of lazy people. Um, not just lazy, but th there's been some trauma. 2020 was difficult, right? But these states like Montana are saying, yeah, we can't, uh, we can't have this. So. I expect someone's going to have to do something about this. I'm sure, or I wonder if uh, the Biden administration will do something to address it. But yeah, kind of interesting. It's like uh, 
the economy is showing signs of coming back by having open positions, but no one is applying to them. The U.S. is supporting the waiving of COVID-related patents to help increase the speed to market for new products. And of course, a lot of people are happy about this, but a lot of drug companies are not happy about this, as one might expect. Canadians are flying south to get vaccinated in the U.S., where supply is high and demand is actually falling. Doctors at UCSF say California is weeks away from herd immunity to COVID. That's exciting. If you look at the New York Times map, it's actually really cool. Looks like California is like the clearest. It's like the most uniformly yellow with like only a couple little dots. And uh, yeah, kind of proud of the state. Looks like we're about to see psilocybin and MDMA become mainstream treatments for depression. This is a really cool New York Times article on this. New study has shown it's possible to improve memory and even defend against Alzheimer's by eating a Mediterranean diet. The etymology of the word decide is the killing of choice. So the side is the same as homicide, genocide, etc. So the second part of it, side, is kill or the killing of. And D is basically, I think it's like choice or options. So it's like killing of the choice or options. It's uh, discarding of those and just leaving the one option that you chose. Pretty cool etymology. And California's population has declined for the first time in over a century. Content ideas and analysis. Sustainable content creation. So short essay here I did on exploring how content creators and security and other fields can remain content creators without sacrificing their mental health. And this is on the heels of my friend Jason posting a thing about someone getting into the security content creator space, wanting to do it full-time, and someone else in the gaming space actually saying, you know what, I'm out of here. This is too difficult to do. In his case, I think it was a lot of toxicity also in the community, but I know a lot of people who just burn out in this space. So I wondered to address how I think it can be done sustainably. Uh, I think I'm managing that fairly well. So I offered some advice there. Notes. So I'm very close to finishing my reread of The Red Queen by Matt Ridley. It's quite a bit more security relevant than I remember, but also more kind of like sexuality and mating related than I remember as well, which is a bit odd. My first reading was actually before the Me Too movement, and I now have different sensors, I think we all do, for certain topics. And many topics in the book just kind of like raise the hairs on the back of my neck. Um, I, I don't think the book is bad or anything or wrong, really, about anything that I could tell, but I doubt any author would frame things quite the same way today if they were to write a book about these same topics. But uh, yeah, the book overall is fantastic. Absolutely love the book overall. And I would love to extract the biological red queen concept, which is kind of the center of the whole book, and like do a multi-day workshop on how this concept applies to both InfoSec and to business and entrepreneurship. I think that would be fantastic. And I'm working on a new Vim tutorial based on five levels of Goku's progression. Now, of course, 
Goku had many more levels of progression than just five, but I broke it down kind of crossing the metaphors using like a novice journey person um, and just like ascended up through the levels all the way to like grandmaster. So anyway, I'm excited about this uh, Vim tutorial and uh, should be out within a week or two. Discovery, attack, version 9, what's new in version 9 of the attack framework? AD20 is the new half-ass. The best Ursula Le Guin books? Why rich parents have rich children? Belonging is stronger than facts. A Brookings Institute panel on China's Arctic activities and ambitions? Herman Miller has brought back its chiclet chair. Just bought one of these. Pretty cool. There are towns in Italy that are actually paying for people to move there and to telecommute and work remotely. They're paying for rent. Somebody please help me not buy this knife. Can't see the knife. I'm glad I can't either right now because I don't have the link open. But yeah, very, very cool knife. It's like $599. Really. Hope I don't purchase this knife. Sam Harris and Ricky Gervais are launching a paid podcast together, and it goes live today, the 10th of May, 2021. I am definitely going to purchase it. I don't know where it's at. I'm guessing, I don't know, Spotify? No idea. Or maybe actually knowing Sam, maybe he wouldn't use a platform. Maybe he would just do like direct payments. No idea. But I'm going to find where it is and purchase it and listen to it. And got a tool here called Wayback URLs. It is a tool for pulling old URLs for a given domain from the Wayback Machine as a part of security testing. It's written by Tom Nom Nom. So it's really cool. You can take from standard in or you could uh, cat into it. Like the input and output is pretty clean. And yeah, you can find a bunch of URLs that people didn't know about and go about testing them. Recommendation for the week. If you used to enjoy finding and listening to new music, but you found yourself only listening to your old favorites, I'm sort of advocating for it, admonishing people to force yourself out of this habit of only going to your old bands and your old songs. I think one's ability to enjoy new music is something of a proxy for mental youth and curiosity. It's something you can force yourself to maintain, and you can get it back if you've lost it. So find a new music source that's considered high quality, or you know, new bands or new songs or whatever, and you know, find stuff that's been already been curated for you. There's a million ways to do this, and force yourself to listen to this stuff multiple times, just like you used to when you got a new album or a new whatever tape, however old you are, right? And basically, force yourself to listen to new stuff and get to get used to liking new stuff. You've got to, if you found yourself like getting stuck in these ruts, and it's like, it, it's a sign of being in ruts in other places. And I think this is a good proxy for being in such a rut. And pulling out in music can help you pull out in other areas as well. So that is the recommendation for this week. Listen to new music force yourself to do so. And the aphorism for the weak. Weakness is more opposed to virtue than is vice. Weakness is more opposed to virtue 
than is vice. Francois de la Rochefoucauld. Pretty sure I've made a French person upset with that pronunciation. But I hope you have a good week. See you next time. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And here's your next podcast.